Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. For more than a year, St. Louis has been weighing the idea of leasing its airport to a for-profit entity. The idea is that a big cash payment up front could help a needy city, while the corporation making it could recoup the investment by maximizing future profits. An army of consultants has been billing to the tune of $800,000 a month as they work to set up the parameters. Last week, the city's airport working group approved a request for qualifications. Joining me in studio to talk about the privatization process is Mayor Lida Krusen. Mayor Cruson, welcome to the program. Thank you, Sarah. There have been so many people working on this exploration for what is now 17 months, and they've been billing hundreds of thousands of dollars every month to get to this point. So now that we know what we know, are you more or less interested in airport privatization than you were when you first took office? Well, I'll be honest with you. I mean, the information that we have learned over this last year or so, as this team of professionals, and you know, there are airport uh, professionals, there are f- financial professionals, as these team of professionals have really dug into um, our airport, how our airport works, some of the things that we might be able to do. Um, I'm, I'm very interested in how we can uh, make improvements to our airport via that information. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's through privatization or not is a whole nother question. But I know that we didn't know a lot of this before we had all these professionals working with us to study it. Um, And, you know, we have a working group, Mm -hmm. which is made up of our budget director, uh, Linda Martinez, deputy mayor. I think you've interviewed them. Yes. Um, A representative of the comptroller's office, uh, Rhonda Hominabrigi, Marlene Davis. So we have a big group of city people that are working with the advisor team. And we've learned some really interesting things that – I think are compelling to try to make us figure out how to have a better airport. For example, there are a thousand acres at the airport of developable property. Mm-hmm. Well, what should go there? I don't know. Uh, you know, should it be cargo facilities? Should it be a hotel? Should it be, you know, there, there are all kinds of alternatives. We also know, and we knew this before, but this has just been brought home to us that The airport has over $600 million in debt. That debt is primarily a result of the billion-dollar runway that we built that we used to call W1W. Now I think it's called L29 or something like that. Um, But so that debt and that runway has prevented us probably from doing some things at the airport that, that would be good to do for improvements. But it also presents an opportunity because that big new runway new new ish i should say <laughs> new for st louis new new ish runway is only lands less than 10% lands and takes off only less than 10% of the flights at the airport so we've got all this debt we've got this um this big runway and it's primarily not used mm-hmm. so those are some of the uh, opportunities, I'll call them, you know, some people might call them problems. I I'm, tend to look at things on the positive side. Opportunities for uh, how we might, number one, get a better airport. And why do we want a better airport? Because your air traffic and your flight opportunities and your cargo all are, should be assets to your economic development airports, uh, efforts rather, not airports, efforts, you know. Monsanto slash Bayer, all of these, Millipore Sigma, ABN Bev, 
large companies, Emerson Electric, who have a lot of uh, travel and international travel, uh, would be more likely to expand more if we had more flight, more direct flights, more options. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. More flights to more places more often. <laughs> but so, t- tell me this. I mean, you say this process has been really good, and, and you're learning a lot about the airport and, and right. its potential. But at the same time, we did learn from Deputy uh, Mayor Linda Martinez when mm-hmm. she was here that the consultants won't be issuing a public report. Why, if there's all this interesting stuff that's coming out of this process, shouldn't that be a report that we could all take a look at and digest? Well. That's that's interesting. I, I I've read some of that. So in the RFQ, which is available online, a lot of this information is there. So that is a report. I, so I you put feel that like the info quote. went the, into the information that. is there. And then after we get the responses to the request for qualifications, which will be on the responses are due November the first. So not that twenty days from now. Uh, after we get those responses, uh, there'll be a short list of teams that will then be invited to respond to the request for proposals. I don't have any idea right now what we're going to get out of that. Mm -hmm. There might not be any proposals that we're interested in. People may decide this is just too big a pain in the neck to even go down this road. Well, it's very expensive for these teams that are going to propose. You probably know this, but uh, Chicago Midway Airport has been through this process twice. Mm -hmm. The first time uh, they were the, the team on the other side. It was right during the financial collapse of 2009-10. The team could not close the deal, and Chicago kept a, a large sum of money. The second time Chicago went through it was in 2013, I believe. They only got one proposal, and it, it wasn't something that they considered um, good enough, and they, they, they dropped away. it. They walked away. So um, all things are on the table at this point in time. Um, and of course, we're, we're going to learn a lot. We need to be thinking about our airport, not for this year or next year, but, you know, do we need a new terminal? Mm. Do Let's we? think about that. Yeah. Is that something that, that has been talked about in these sessions? Well, if you're thinking, I, I don't know that it's been talked about in the sessions, but if you're thinking long term on your airport and what it means to the economic development of your city, well, you need to be thinking about those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, airports around the country are building new terminals, as you as you know. Kansas City's building one. Um, Dallas Love Field is built one. Uh, there are lots of them underway. And so uh, we need to be competitive for the next 10, 20, 30 years, not for the short term. Um, this isn't about the short term, you know, of what are we going to do in six months. Our airport is well-managed. It is on an upward trajectory. Um, we have 15.6 million flights, I think was the number for last year. Flights, that's takeoffs and landings, people. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in 2003, we had 30 million, but we know the world has changed tremendously since 2002 or three. A lot of consolidation. So now we're about half the size. Consolidation in the airline industry, um, and of course, TWA slash American you know, left as a hub. Thank goodness for Southwest Airlines, mm-hmm. who stepped in to that void and now uh, has over 60% of the traffic in and out of, of Lambert. So a lot has changed. We need to be thinking about long-term, the good of our airport, and um, 
what the future of air travel looks like. Now, let's go back to this potential privatization deal. Now, mm -hmm. you've gone on the record as saying you will not object to a vote of the city's residents. After we have a proposal. Yeah. After um, we have a proposal. Will you commit to making sure, sure that that vote happens bef um, before any transaction closes? Well, it's actually not, a, it's not my commitment to make. Um, so there are four entities that have, would have to approve any proposal that was put forward. One would be the Board of Estimate and Apportionment. That's a three-member board. One is the 29-member Board of Aldermen. The other is the FAA, and the other is the airlines, the airlines and the FAA. So it would really be the Board of Aldermen who would decide that they don't want to make the vote or that they want to uh, take the temperature of the voters in the city. But so. don't you think if you stood up at City Hall, held a press conference, and said the people need to vote on this and I'm going to make sure that this happens, that that would be something where the aldermen would take your cue on that? Hmm, maybe, maybe not. I've stood up and said we need to lift the residency requirement for our police officers for hiring. And if you noticed a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, the Board, of aldermen, the, the board of aldermen doesn't see it like that. Yeah. So I really see this as a call by the Board of Aldermen. So you um, won't call for them to go for the public vote. You think they should be the ones to decide whether or not to pursue that. You know, I think we need to look at if there's a proposal that is uh, so good or so promising um, that we all agree that... Uh, I, should, I put all in quotes, that most sure. folks agree that we should go forward, then there's no necessity for that. But, you know, let's, the public will have to be involved. There have to be a lot of public meetings, have to be a lot of public input. Um, and I'm going to leave it up to the Board of Aldermen as to whether or not they want to um, give their vote to a, a, you know, citywide vote. Okay. Let's go here to the phone lines. We've got a caller, uh, Jim calling from Bridgeton. Hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Yes, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, as a resident, resident of Bridgeton, I follow airport matters very closely, and I've called in and spoken with both Ms. Green and with Mr. Reed. And frankly, uh, the public is highly skeptical of this entire situation. It seems like the city is just looking for a big payday, and there's been no talk about what the money is going to be used for. Uh, Mr. Green's answer to my question made almost no sense. So I just want you to know there's there's not a lot of trust out there for what's going on because there really isn't much information about what's actually going to be done with this big big payment if it actually takes place. Jim, thank you for that call. Mayor Cruzan? Jim, thank you for for the call. I know if you if you live in Bridgeton that you you do follow airport matters very closely. So um, I I hear you. There there. It's not just about the money. Although I will say this: we live in a city that has a lot of financial needs, and um, this is this is an opportunity for us to meet particularly some of our transportation needs that we have in this city. Or, or I should say it could be an opportunity for that. We don't know because we don't have any proposals yet. But we still are not – I'm not going to be for this if this doesn't get us a better airport. It has to do both things. It has to both um, provide good economics for the city, and it also has to get us a better airport. Okay. Jim, thank you so much for that call. If you're listening at home and have a question for Mayor Krusen, you can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Welcome back. 
Now, Mayor Cruson, before we get back to the airport, I had a question on a different topic for you. Your public safety director, Jimmy Edwards, was on our show last week, and he's drawn some fire for comments he made about the children who were killed in St. Louis this summer. I'm going to play for our listeners here the question I asked and then how he responded. Judge Edwards, it has been such a violent summer in St. Louis. We've seen child after child die because of gun violence. How do you keep kids who want to be superheroes and who want to make a difference, how do you keep them from despair in the midst of a summer like this? Well, I think that uh, it is important that uh, our children do not engage in risky behaviors. Uh, I've been uh, very careful uh, not to um, talk a lot about the children uh, this summer. Uh, Many of the kids uh, that unfortunately were violently killed uh, were teenagers uh, engaging in criminal behaviors themselves. And so out of the 13, about eight uh, were engaged in criminal behaviors uh, that resulted uh, in their deaths. Uh, Our youngsters, our children that were killed this summer were placed in situations by adults uh, that they should not have been placed in. And so when children are put in positive situations, we have positive results. When they engage in criminal behaviors, unfortunately, we end up with 13 children dead. That's Public Safety Director Jimmy Edwards. And I wanted to play those remarks in their entirety so people could get the context. Now, Arch City Defenders has condemned the comments and they've formally called on you to condemn them as well. Do you do so? So Judge Edwards uh, cares deeply about the kids in St. Louis, as I do and as I know your listeners do. This is a guy who has spent his life trying to keep kids safe uh, as a juvenile judge and then actually starting a school for kids that had uh, couldn't be in the in the regular school system in order to try to help these kids um, lead productive lives. And so I will tell you that um, I think Judge Edwards' heart is in the right place and his behavior backs that up. We know that in our city, and and most cities, drugs are at the heart of much of this violence. That does not mean that these little kids were engaged in drugs. These little kids were not. Um, But they were in situations, um, at least in some cases, where drugs were involved. It is tragic. We have failed. As a community, as a society, we have failed kids that are placed in these kinds of situations. Um, None of these kids, none, let me be clear, none of these kids deserve to die, even if they were involved in activities that we wish they wouldn't be. Um, It's it's just uh, a situation where we have to do better as a community. You think about St. Louis, St. Louis uh, Public Schools, 19% of the third graders in St. Louis public schools read at third grade level. Said a different way, 81% of the kids at St. Louis public schools don't read at grade level. These are things, these are long-term issues. No one blames these kids, no one, including Judge Edwards. I think that's kind of where people got angry about this, is they felt that he was blaming these victims for their own death. In some cases, we've got three-year-olds. We've got seven-year-olds playing in the yard. We had a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old, and two ten-year-olds. So tragic. I mean, it's it's almost unspeakable. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we have to speak about it. And um, 
So it, it's very tragic. No one, including Judge Edwards, is blaming these kids. Okay. Well, that's. Uh, I'm glad we got a chance to to clear that up there. Um, I'm, I'm sure some listeners still are not going to be happy with that. I think they might have wanted a condemnation there, but that's that's definitely um, that's your perspective, and that's Judge Edwards. I think Judge Edwards has lived his life proving that he cares about kids, mm-hmm. and um, so it, it's hard when you take a quote sort of out of uh, you know context. It, it, it's maybe hard to get the full picture, uh, but. He, it sounds like he has your confidence going forward. He does. Yeah. Um, so we are, our phone lines are currently very full. I'm going to get to those callers in a minute. First, we have a, a call that, or a question that came in through email. Matt from St. Louis writes, from, Ra- from Rainford to Wabi to Boyd to Casas to the former mayor himself, that's referring to Francis Slay, the lobbying efforts on behalf of potential Lambert privatization bidders Oak Tree and Ferrovial are littered with former members and close allies of the Slay administration. Are you concerned that this Lambert privatization process has been designed to squelch competition for the privatization contract? Mm. I, I I don't I, I think this is way too big of a an opportunity for anybody to care about who works for what company. You don't think insiders are trying or former insiders are trying to rig this deal and scare off some outside entity that oh, doesn't th- have ties in St. Louis. I think it's ludicrous to think that any big outside entity would be scared off by uh, any of these players. Quite frankly, people who've been big insiders in City Hall, but they're not insiders now. And we have a very, very firm conflict of interest policy for anyone. I mean, I have not talked to any of those people, even for 30 seconds, about this. And uh, and frankly, you, you know, I, I sort of avoid them because I don't want even the appearance of a conflict there. This decision will be made strictly on what is in the proposals that we get. And if if none of them are good enough, well, then we won't go forward with any of them. Okay. Uh, let's go to Harry. He's calling from Brentwood. Harry, hi. You're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, Harry, what do you want to talk about today? I, I think in, they should, in the interest of truth in advertising, when this group says they want to privatize the airport, they should also say they want to profitize the airport because that is the true intention of it all. And the profits are going to go to private entities not to the city. I think it's a bad idea all around. It's kind of like selling your house to pay credit card bills. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And and the fact that it's backed by Rex Sinkfeld also makes me very suspicious. He he backed the uh, Better Together plan where they thought it was a great idea to merge the city and the county and put Steve Stanger in charge of it all for two years. I couldn't believe Mayor Krusen went along with that idea. And I'm wondering why Mayor Krusen wants to go along with this idea. Harry, thank you for that call. Um, I'll turn it to Mayor Krusen. Thank you. Thanks, Harry. Appreciate the call. Uh, So I think what we have here is a situation where we don't know whether we have a proposal that we want to go forward with or not. Let's wait and see what we get and whether or not we have confidence. And this is going to be very, very important. It's not just about the numbers. Do we have confidence that that team can really deliver on whatever it is that they're promising in the proposal? Um, so all that is extremely important uh, with with regard to, I mean, our, our region is very, very frag- fragmented. Uh, frankly, you know, s- probably more people in St. Louis County fly in and out of the airport than they do in St. Louis City. I'm, I'm confident of that since they have a million people and we have 300,000. Um, and so the fragmentation that we have here is is 
pretty detrimental to coming to good decisions. But that's what we have. Does Rex Singfield's role give you any pause in this? He's a libertarian. Um, he certainly has more right-wing politics than you or, or others in the city. Right, right. He does. You know, I um, most of your listeners probably know this, but I don't take campaign contributions from Rex Singfield. I never have. I've been an elected official for 21 or 22 years. Uh, I just, my politics and his politics are, are completely different. Um, for him to fund essentially the research component of this, uh, we've learned some things. That, that has been helpful. Um, but I don't meet with Rex. I've met with him once since I've been the mayor in two and a half years. Um, I, I don't take money from Rex, but I appreciate that there are people that are willing to do research because government doesn't do a good job of doing research. We're very short-term thinkers uh, because we're always looking to the next election. That's that's not good for our uh, you know for the efficiencies and for the for the long-term good of governments. Um, so thank you, Harry, so much for that call. Let's go to Charles. He's calling from North St. Louis. Charles, hi. You're on St. Louis on the air. Yes, how you doing? Uh, thank you for calling in. What would you like to talk to the mayor about? Well, I want to talk to the mayor about uh, the city workers. What would happen to the city workers if this passes? Uh, that's a great question. Mayor Cruson? Charles, thank you for that question. I should have already brought that up. Um, so what we have written in the RFQ and will continue in the RFP is that all the city workers at the airport will have to continue to be uh, employed if they choose to be employed uh, for at least five years. Uh, of course, they still have to come to work and do those kinds of things. But yeah, we are very committed to taking care of the workers at the airport. There are about uh, around 600, I think, is the number of workers at the airport, that folks who work for the city. So we're very committed to that. And we know that there's been a lot of worry about that. And, and that is um, one of the things that we do want to get out there, that we are going to take care of those workers. Charles, thank you for that call. We also got a tweet from Gina. She says, if privatization is profitable for the company that would ultimately win the airport contract, why shouldn't the city hold on to the asset and keep the profit for itself? I'm a longtime city resident, and St. Louis needs every penny it can get. That is a really great point, Gina. St. Louis does need every penny it can get. You know, we we uh, we need to pay our police officers more competitively. We need to put more money into mental health. We need to put more money into summer jobs for young people. Uh, so many things that we that we need funding for. But by law, the city of St. Louis cannot take out any more than it's 5%. Right now, it's about $6.5 million a year from, from the airport. And that is a federal law, an FAA law. So it's not that we will be able to um, profit, as you, as you put, I put that in quotes, uh, through new development at the, at the airport. Okay. We also did hear from a listener earlier who asked if St. Louis is just interested in developing some of this land that is near the airport, why not just privatize that process, get somebody to, to serve as a master developer and do that? Couldn't that be a way of biting off part of this without giving away this great asset here? Uh, possibly, although I think there are a lot of restrictions on well, what was that land uh, what, what funds was that land bought with? Were they FAA funds? Were they federal funds? And since this is a program by the FAA, uh, you have more flexibility. You know, the FAA is not very interested in really funding airports much. Hmm. And that's why they are also pushing this privatization program. For your listeners, uh, one thing that they should know is that um, I, almost half of the airports in Europe are operated by private operators. So while this is very unusual in the United States, 
it's it's not unusual around the world. Okay. Um, how closely have you followed the situation in the Denver airport? We have mm-hmm. um, our newsroom has covered this that mm-hmm. they had to pull the plug mm-hmm. on a two billion dollar airport construction and privatization deal, and it ended up leading the city to get stuck with a two hundred million dollar termination fee. Does that give you pause that this bad experience happened in Denver, which by all accounts is a pretty well-run city? Uh, It does, as a matter of fact. I think it's very instructive and that certainly whatever agreement, if we were to get to that point, whatever agreement would have to be uh, really well-written with a lot of standards and a lot of um, operating procedures so that we didn't get into a situation like that. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to say that we are out of time today. The time has just flown. I guess that's what happens when you get a lot of callers. And we want to thank the people who called in that we didn't get to. Hopefully, we'll have Mayor Lida Cruson back. So thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for joining us today. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.